The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is no substitute for professional care by your doctor or your qualified healthcare professional. Never disregard or delay professional medical advice because of something you've heard on this podcast or in any linked material. Guests who speak on this podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions. Dr. Shirley neither endorses nor opposes any particular opinion discussed on this podcast. The views expressed on this podcast have no relation to those of any academic, hospital, practice, institution, or other entity with which Dr. Shirley may be affiliated. Welcome to Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty. This podcast is curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD, as the definitive source of holistic wellness through beauty. This week's episode of the Forever Fab podcast is dedicated to reclaiming your power. The title of this episode is Joy is a Self-Fulfilling Mindset, How to Change Your Mind from Chaos to Clarity. This is my interview with Doris Klein. Doris Klein is a certified meditation and yoga instructor, Reiki healer and transformational mindset mentor, and more. She has provided thousands of people from around the world with the tools necessary to calm the chaos within, guiding them to lead their most joyful lives. She combines time-tested solutions with real-life experiences to help people transform into the best version of themselves. Doris is an internationally recognized health and wellness expert, mindfulness mentor, advanced yoga instructor, advanced meditation instructor, and creator of Transform Your Trauma, Overcoming Narcissistic Abuse and Rediscovering Yourself After Divorce on the meditation app Insight Timer. She has collaborated with the Special Olympics of North Carolina, Lululemon Team Building, and Community Events, Insight Timer, Aveda Arts and Sciences Institute, and several local K-12 schools in Charlotte, North Carolina. Doris also holds a BSN and has been practicing nursing for over 20 years with a primary focus in emergency trauma triage nursing. She has personally witnessed the transformative power of cultivating a mindfulness practice. It is her intention to share the wisdom of the teachings and experiences with as many individuals as possible. Doris joins me via StreamYard today on the Forever Fab podcast to discuss healing, clarity, clearing, and triumph over trauma. Welcome, Doris. Congratulations on your success, and thank you for becoming a beautiful member of the Forever Fab community. Yes, thank you, Dr. Shirley. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I am very excited to get into this very timely and important conversation, so mm-hmm. let's, let's get at it. So let's ease into it, Doris. Where did you grow up, and how did your childhood shape you and what you specifically chose to do out of life? Oh, that's a big question. <laughs> You're like, let's ease into it. But yeah, that word childhood. Where did I'm you, like, grow oh, up? How did okay. you spend your childhood? Yeah, so I grew up in the Midwest in just outside of St. Louis in a little town called Brighton, Illinois. Okay. Not really known for a whole lot. Um, and then once I finished schooling, you know, 
through elementary school, high school, everything there. I moved to central Illinois where I uh, went to university there and ultimately, after many years, obtained my Bachelor of Science in Nursing. I actually have two bachelor degrees, but um, yeah, the, the Bachelor of Science in Nursing was the one that stuck. So, and then after that, I moved to Chicago and yep, lived in Chicago for a few, few years and worked up there and, and, uh, got my feet wet with trauma nursing and met my children's father up there who is now my ex-husband, which is (laughs) part of, part of things. And he was from Charlotte. So that's how I ultimately landed in Charlotte, North Carolina. So I've been here for 24 years now, I believe. Yeah. Yes. Wow. So, so you, you, you had a, you have a degree in nursing, so you wanted to become a nurse. Was that it? Not ultimately <laughs> or, or, or initially rather, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. Yeah. And so I took the longer route going through school, I obtained my first degree in community health education because I knew I wanted to help people, but I didn't know if I really wanted to be in nursing or I knew that I definitely didn't want to go the physician route just because of all of the schooling and the training. (laughs) But I did it pretty much anyway with all the schooling that I had, you know, and as far as the number of years go. So then I was like, you know what? I want to be a flight nurse. I want to do trauma. And so that is what that, that goal is what drove me through nursing school. Um, And that was my job when I graduated nursing school was I found a small hospital in Chicago that would hire me as a new grad. And uh, the rest is kind of history from there. So, so it wasn't like this lifelong dream um, that's been something that's been on my mind lately is I, I didn't really have many dreams as a child. Yeah. So it's now later in life that I'm realizing how important it is to have dreams yeah. to move that's towards. So, oh, I can't yeah. wait for this conversation to unfold. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you said you, you found your way, you know, to nursing and you realized that you were fascinated by and captivated by the trauma nursing and the drama of it and your ability to be able to contribute to other people's lives and save lives, which is a beautiful thing. So you found that. Now on sort of a little bit different, how did you find yoga or how did yoga find you? Hmm. I would say I finally found yoga. Like yoga was always there waiting for me. So in 20, probably the end of 2017, early 2018, I was just so unhappy with life. I was going through a divorce and um, in my marriage, I had everything, you know, I had everything that actually I did dream of these things like having the house and the, the family and the car and the vacations, you know, all the things that a lot of people dream to have. Yes. And I found myself sitting amongst all of that, completely unhappy, completely broken. And I was like, why, you know, I have a healthy family. I have two beautiful children and, and all these things. And I'm just so unhappy. So 
I literally turned to Google and typed in like, how can I be happier in my life? What's the meaning of life? Just all these questions and everything led to meditation. Like, oh, well, you'll get those answers if you meditate or if you practice yoga. And at that time, I was a CrossFitter. I was into mixed martial arts fighting. So for someone to suggest suggest yoga to me, I was like, what are you talking about? I'm not doing that. And I I really said that to people. I'm like, I'll never do yoga or practice yoga. So I went to the gym one day to the CrossFit gym and nothing specific happened. But as I crossed the threshold to leave in my mind, I said, I'm never coming back to this space. Oh, wow. It was just like that, out of the blue. And I never did. I never went back to that space. And then a few months later, I ended up quitting mixed martial arts because I felt like I was being beat down, right? Like mentally, and and I didn't need any more of that. (laughs) You know, I was already going through all this fire of change with my relationship and raising two small children at that time on my own. So I began meditating. And after a few months, I could tell like just a little spark of change. Hmm. Like I was a little calmer or I was, I would see things differently or have not be so stuck on one opinion. I would have options to things. Right. So there was just like a little, a little glimmer of something happening. And I feel like everything has an answer, right? Like we can, we can do this, but you can make it better if we add this layer. (laughs) So I turn back to Google again. I'm like, okay, what, what goes hand in hand with meditation? Yoga. So I was like, I was like, all right, I guess it's time to try a yoga class. So I found some class that was like $9 at the time because I'm like, I'm not going to spend that much money on this because what if I don't like it? So I went to this class, did not know anything about yoga whatsoever. And the first pose was child's pose where you touch your forehead down to the mat. Yes. And it was like an electric spark. Wow. And I wasn't woo-woo back then. I mean, I don't even really consider myself too woo-woo now, even though some people might. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I was like, what is happening? What is happening here? And the rest is kind of history. Like I started practicing almost on a daily basis back then, more then than I do now (laughs) in my own personal practice. And I became certified within six months of ever touching, stepping foot on my mat. So yeah. Amazing. That is amazing. Thank you. And there were all these little signs like leading me to teacher training, which is kind of a whole, whole other story. Right. That, that things come in threes, right? Like I I realized if you hear things like the same patterns are showing up, like, so I had three people out of the blue say, Hey, have you ever thought about yoga teacher training? And that happened three times. Same exact conversation with these three people. So the first time was I ended up being solo in a yoga class. And I was actually trying to talk the instructor out of even holding the class. I'm like, no, I'm good. I don't don't need to practice today. I can just go home. 
And she's like, nope, nope, we're going to do this. So she spent the whole hour like prying my body open, wow. like assisting me and, and helping me go a little bit deeper into the poses. And afterwards she said, Hey, have you ever thought about yoga teacher training? And I'm like, did she not just pry my body open <laughs> for an hour? Like you, you can see, I don't move very well. And she's like, no, you have great body awareness. Mm. I think you would be fantastic. And I was like, Oh, okay. Uh, I'll just put that off to the side, but thank you for your compliments. So then I went to a yoga retreat. Wow. I, I don't kept, right, right. So, well, it's another kind of weird story, but um, I was on Instagram and I kept getting these sponsored ads from Lululemon. It's really That's cool. Like, AI following you, Doris. Yeah. Well, back in 28, well, I guess it was happening some in 2018, but um, so Lululemon, I keep getting these ads, right? And I'm like, wow, this retreat looks fabulous, but you know, it's pretty pricey and I don't know if I should do it. And I don't know if I'm going to have my kids. Well, it just so happened that the kids were going to be at their dad's. So I had that space. <laughs> I was off for those days. I'm like, okay, so I have that. And then to justify the cost, I was like, you know what? I'm not doing therapy. I'm not doing anything else for myself right now. Do this thing. Check. So, yep. So I signed up, sent in my little application, and it took them a couple months. And I was like, well, this is odd. Why aren't they getting back to me? Yeah. So finally, Lululemon sends me this little email and they said, hey, you've been selected to attend this retreat. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I go out to the retreat and there come to find out they had chosen only 50 people from around the globe. Oh my gosh. To attend this. So that's why it took so long Oh my because gosh. they were researching us. That's incredible. Yeah. And I'm like, why me? <laughs> like, yeah. why me? I'm like a soccer mom going through like midlife crisis divorce, all these That's things. exactly why you. Right. So, um, so that was one of the big turning points in my self-development journey and my self-love journey, because I didn't know what any of that stuff was until yeah. that retreat. And so, it, it just opens, opened up that shell, right? It began with the opening up of your body. I'm sure there was yes. some emotional release with that. And then yes it seems like there was just this theme of persistent, consistent opening that led you onto this path. Now you've described along your journey that you woke up, right? Um, a yes. Couple, a few years ago. What do you mean by that? What was that awakening? Was it this through this retreat or something else? Yes. So I'll add the two other times. So we have the the three times for me to be a yoga instructor. So the two other times happened at this retreat. The first morning of the retreat, a yoga instructor named Baron Baptiste led one of the classes. And wow. so afterwards I went up to him and I said, man, I just loved your yoga flow. Like that was a great class. I appreciate you taking the time to be here to, to guide us through this. And he goes, how long have you been practicing? I'm like, oh, about six months. He's like, have you ever thought about yoga teacher training? <laughs> and I'm and like, from, you know, like, yes, the experts, that's yes. major. 
And I was like, you know, someone mentioned that to me last week. And I said, but I feel like I'm not ready because I need to know more about the practice and, and the foundations. And he's like, he just looked at me and he said, do it now. And he walked away. Oh, and so I'm okay. standing there and I'm like, okay, that's yeah. pretty intense. Yeah. So again, I kind of like let that go. And then the next day there was another teacher named Janet Stone and she had a guitarist, a singer, songwriter, guitarist playing while she was leading the yoga flow. His name's Kevin oh, Paris. So, so afterwards I went up to him and I'm like, Hey, thank you again for being here. You know, same thing, you know, just saying I loved it. And, and he goes, have you ever thought about yoga teacher training? <laughs> like, okay. So I guess when I go back to Charlotte, I'm going yeah. to look for a yoga instructor. So so that's what I did after I left that retreat. But the I feel like I began waking up um, prior to my divorce. And, and I believe my awakening is what probably ultimately led to that. Led to your divorce or led yes, to? Led to the divorce. Yeah. Because I woke up and I'm like, you know, I, I, I'm kind of putting everything together as to why I'm not happy. <laughs> and this is one big chunk yeah. of, of it, you know, and I believe, you know, we're all on a journey and sometimes we come together and we form a relationship with someone and then you keep going on the journey and maybe one person goes a different path and that other person stays on the same path or whatever. You just have this realization that you're better apart than you are together. And that's the realization that I came to. I'm like, you know, I want my children to see what happiness is like. And I don't believe I can show them that in this, with this combination. Right. So, so that's where I believe that the awakening happened. And it was from me being in the CrossFit gym and seeing couples together that treated each other with respect, that were truly in love with each other. And I'm like, wait, I don't have that. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. So that was the, the awakening that, that I needed or I wanted to seek change. And the fact and that I, you had that awakening, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I believe this awakening continues to happen. Like there's always new things that I'm like, wow, I didn't, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that my child is, is affecting the patterns that I have in my life today. You know, so I feel like the awakening is always like more of a realization every yeah. day of things. Yes. But I was going to say that the fact that you had this awakening is actually an act of self-love isn't it mm -hmm. right because not only is it courageous you you had the awakening and then you acted upon it it's courageous and i believe from from my perspective it is an act of taking care of yourself and self-love you you describe that self-love with a term radical so what exactly yes. is radical self-love Radical self-love is just this wide open, loving yourself, accepting yourself, forgiving yourself, just full acceptance of who you are, um, 
making responsible choices, knowing that every thought, word, and action has an impact. So are you contributing to, you know, kindness or, you know, how are you leaving this space? Are you leaving the space better than when you arrived? Yes. Yeah. That's beautiful. I'm, I'm writing that down because that, it, everyone talks about self-love, right? Self-care, self-love. And yeah, it, it's gotten to the point where, you know, it's quippy. It's like, oh yeah, you know, self-love girl, you got to have self-love. But I think if you dig down deep, you know, I love the idea of radical self-love. It, it's more than just, you know, loving yourself and being kind to yourself. It really goes deeper than that. And it, it, it touches upon your actions on other people, right? Because the way other people respond to us is part of it's part of that self-love. It's part of who we decide we want in our circles and, and near us and close to us. So I do like the way that you describe mm-hmm. that. Thank you. You also, um, on your journey, described the situation where you found yourself um, perhaps in a somewhat a dark place or a place that you never mm-hmm. thought you'd be before. Was that your divorce? And if so, what helped you navigate your way back to the light? Hmm. Yeah, I would say that those years were were some of the darkest years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe loving myself and accepting myself and continuing to do that daily and unfolding, like continuing to love myself more. And I believe also what, what makes it radical is that you're willing to embrace those like cringy sides of yourself that you're like, Oh, you know, those shadow sides, right? Yes. Yes. So, um, yeah. But I think it's important. You mentioned forgiving yourself. I think it is important to acknowledge, discover, let unfold, recognize, appreciate, right? The, the dark parts, the, the shadow parts, the parts that we don't really want other people to necessarily know about. But in order to experience that radical self-love, you, I believe you have to forgive yourself. So mm-hmm. what would you say is, is the key to forgiving yourself? Do you just sit there and say, oh yeah, listen, I'm just human. I'm just going to whatever, do whatever. Or is there a process of forgiving yourself or is it just something you just have to be kind to yourself every single day? Yeah. So forgiving myself was another foreign thing to me (laughs) for a while. Uh, We're so hard on ourselves in general. We want to do so much for ourselves and other people that it's just like, if we don't do it, we clobber ourselves. Right. Yeah. It was in my yoga teacher training that I learned about forgiveness and I had been working so hard to forgive that there there's three main people in my life that I was working so hard to forgive. And I'm like, I'm doing all the things I'm meditating and practicing yoga. You know, I I'm living a kind in a kind way, compassionate to others. I, I just can't forgive them. Like I can't figure out how to forgive them. Mm-hmm. So my yoga instructor said, forgive yourself for not knowing then what you know now. Forgive yourself for not knowing then what you know now. Again, that little spark went off in my head. I was like, oh, I didn't know better. 
I yeah. didn't know better. I was only doing what I thought was best at that time. Yeah. Right. So I learned to forgive myself. And then just for me, it was almost like when I stopped working to forgive others, like focusing on it so much and listening to the forgiveness um, meditations and the forgiveness podcast and absorbing all this information, reading the books. Once I gave up and just kind of like let that go. Yeah. Then the forgiveness happened. Yeah. One time was in Shavasana. <laughs> I was in a yoga <laughs> class. I was just chilling out, having a great time. I'm like, this is the best class. The weather is beautiful. Like I'm so fortunate to be in this class. And this, my voice came out of nowhere and it said, it said the name of the person wow. and it said, I forgive you. And I was wow. like, again, where did that come from? Right? Like it just came out of nowhere. Right. So that was a very, you know, I went from like bliss to like boohooing on my mat and trying not oh to, <laughs> not to interrupt other people. So then the second two people, I was in a therapy session and I, I started therapy to gain as much clarity as I could for the new year. I believe the new year was heading into 2020, actually. Yeah. Wow. So this was the end of 2019, heading into 2020. Literally right before the pandemic. Yes. And I was in this session and I decided to make a career change to quit a job, focus more on health and wellness, teaching yoga, getting my certifications, doing all the things. And when I verbalized that decision to my therapist, out of nowhere, the other two people, it was like, hey, I forgive you. Wow. Weight lifted off of me. And I was like, how did that, like, how does the the career change decision, how did that lead to forgiving these other people? Yeah. But it did somehow. So I, I don't really have an explanation for it. Yeah. <laughs> it just happens. And I, I truly believe that in that, like letting go, it, yes. it creates space. Yeah. I think that's a, a perfect formula. And, and all of that you said, those are all the elements I think of forgiveness when I think about people who I've chosen to forgive. Yes. It is a choice, right? So in addition to that, I think to your point, it's about letting go. Um, it's also about allowing time to pass. There has to be an element of time because maybe, you know, day one after your divorce, I don't think you were thinking forgiveness. <laughs> no, no. <Yeah. laughs> it took a while. Right. So it takes a while. So allowing the space, allowing the time, a letting go and, and agreeing to change your mind on, on yeah. holding onto stuff that you don't need. And now, I do love the word, sorry to interrupt. I do love the word choice. Yeah. We have a choice in everything we do. So yeah. are you choosing to carry that weight that yeah. you're holding of that anger, that resentment towards that person or do you choose to let it go? Right. And, yeah. and I know I'm making it sound easy. It is not easy because you have to constantly work at that every day or else it creeps back in. Yes. And I think there is 
freedom in the recognition that we have choice. We don't always feel that we have choice. And certainly there are lots of circumstances in life where one does not have a choice. But in those circumstances where we do have a choice and we can discern it, even though it's like incy, bincy, bincy, I think there's freedom in that. And there's there's healing in that. Yes. Now, if you were to summarize, and I know you live a beautiful life, but if you were to summarize the top three values that you live by, what would they be and how do you consistently live in alignment with those values? I would say integrity, mm. trust, yeah, and gratitude. Love it. And how do you maintain your alignment with living that way every day? I mean, that's hard. It's a practice. (laughs) And most days I do wake up and I I just say like, hey, I'm grateful for the space that I live in. I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful for the health of my children. When I go to the grocery store, I am grateful that I can afford these groceries, you know, because I've been there with the calculator before, like, hey, can I afford this? Yeah. Do I have this much money in my bank? Um, So I've been there and now... I can go, you know, within reason, like some stuff I'll go to buy and I'm like, are, are they out of their minds? Charging that? <laughs> you know, like, no, I, I don't need it that bad. Um, but yeah, so just that daily practice of gratitude and then integrity and truth. I, I am not a good liar. I am not a good liar. And that came with the awakening. Because before I was in like the neighborhood gossip group and, you know, did you hear this? Did you, you know, you go out to those dinners with certain people and it's oh, just yeah. like gossip. Yeah. So. Um, and you know, what's going to be served. Gossip. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then you also, I've learned that if those people are talking about other people, they're going to be talking about you. Hello. So yeah. is that the type of friend that I want to be? Or is that the type of friend I want to have? No. So then I need to change that. But um, so, yeah. So just truth. I mean, it's easier to live in truth, even yeah. if sometimes the truth is not very pretty, yeah. you know, because because a lot of times we think it is because everything's so curated online and and in our happy worlds but but you can often see beyond that once you once you begin to awaken and see with clear vision you see beyond that and, and we all go through the same stuff you know it's just presented yeah. differently And speaking of going through the same stuff and being presented differently I've heard um <laughs> that people say that pain is a part of life. It's going to happen, but suffering is different. And that suffering is an option. Do you believe that? And and what do you think that really means? I really do believe suffering is an option. Um, And that's something I had a conversation with someone, someone yesterday about, And it led to the discussion, which maybe this will lead to something down the road here in a few minutes, but intergenerational trauma, right? So how we carry that suffering from other people and then how does it manifest in our lives? And again, it's a choice. 
It's a choice. So yesterday after that conversation, I came home and I, I like to listen to music a lot to calm my mind and cook. Yes. So I was listening to a song and it said um, something like, don't carry what isn't yours. And I'm like, oh, yes. And that's why I love music so much because right. there's always these little messages at the right time. Yes. It's not yes. ours to carry. Yes. Yeah. So that's what, so suffering is an option, but I do yes. think your point about the intergenerational or the, the trauma that's passed down mm -hmm. may, may not be physically, but emotionally and the heaviness and the burden of that, the psychology and the, the emotionality of trauma gets par ca carried down the same way that perhaps storytelling gets carried down. So yes. if something happened to your mother or your father or your aunt and they keep telling you that story and you, they tell you as a child and they tell you when you're an adult and then maybe you tell that story, there's something, there's definitely something get, that gets carried not into, not just through, but into the person who's listening to the story. Yes. So. Yeah. And it gets stored in our bodies. Yes. So that was another topic recently. I was having a conversation with someone about how for me, it's difficult if I'm in a, a visualization meditation mm -hmm. where they say, imagine a room with five doors. Mm -hmm. What does the door look like? Like I have trouble creating that in my head, yeah. but if they're like, Hey, drop into the room where you experienced a traumatic event. I'm like, boop. Boom, okay, right here there. I am right there. <laughs> So I was like, why is that? And the person said, well, trauma lives in the body. It, it is stored in your body. So your body can go to that file and be like, okay, we need that thing that happened at three years old. Yeah. Boom. There you go. Files yep. delivered. Just That's like right. medical records, right? Yeah. Looking up. <laughs> That's right. So yes. Your brain definitely but, keeps records. Right. But if it's at the wrong hospital, then you don't have that, <laughs> that file. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's our bodies are so amazing. I mean, we know they are, but to the depth that they are, it is truly fascinating. We have barely scratched the surface. And, and believe me, there's a lot that we know in medicine and, mm -hmm. you know, psychology, physiology. There's a lot that we know and imagine there's so much more that we don't. Yes. You've been listening to part one of the Forever Fab podcast with my guest, Derice Klein. Stay tuned for further explanation next week for part two. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty, curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD. Live beautifully and help make the world a more beautiful place.